Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Wednesday the 2nd of March. Today, I'm joined by Milena Armin, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Milena. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm doing okay. How are you? Very good. Um, this, is, this is quite weird, this, right? So, because I'm actually, I can see you on the screen, because normally we just do this, we, we talk on the Zoom first. And then we do recording. Yeah. But actually, um, now what we're doing is we're so you can see me. And as it, <laughs> no, I never do anything weird. It's just like, yes. Anyway, so, uh, yes, the first time I've ever done this. Um, right. OK. So, um, so, Milena, what, what did you, um, you know, what did you find uh, of interest today in today's Watson's Daily? Um, so today I wanted to uh, move uh, just a little bit away from the news in Ukraine. and. Yep wanted to discuss an article from the Times about Lidl. So the title of the article that you quoted in today's edition is Lidl Pips Up, Pips Co-op, which basically emphasizes that Lidl has now overtaken Co-op to become the UK sixth biggest supermarket. Mm -hmm. So Lidl, Tesco, Waitrose increased increased market share while Sainsbury's, Asda's, Morrison's lost out mm-hmm. so to me this is no surprise that this is happening and i think that a lot of people will agree with me uh, purely because uh, of the way that the economy is doing as a result of the pandemic and the war in ukraine mm-hmm. rising inflation rates interest rates uh, rising inflation interest rates going up mm-hmm. the surge in energy and fuel prices that we see happening across the board which will inevitably add a few hundred pounds to the total overall budgets for mm. households. Now, to me personally, switching to Lidl and Aldi makes perfect sense. Mm. Uh, I come from a very small town in Romania. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, part of my teenage years, we didn't even have Lidl or Aldi. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we didn't have supermarkets, but I, was, I grew up in a very tiny, underdeveloped part of Romania. So... Mm-hmm. Growing up, I did what my parents used to do. So before Little and Aldi, they would go and buy from local shops and local farmers. So uh, they would be traveling to different smaller um, shops to get whatever mm. they needed. Mm. When I moved to the UK back in 2012, so quite a few years back, I was surprised to hear that my parents were talking about this thing that was happening mm. with the UK households, right? So. Mm. Basically, he, my father was telling me that some, some of his neighbors were, were, uh, were hiding uh, where they would do their shops from. So they would have, <laughs> right, so they would have, um, they would, uh, they would have, uh, um, sorry, um, bags from uh, Tesco, Asda and mm. uh, Sainsbury's, but they would actually go and shop at, Il- at Lidl and Aldi. Yeah. So it. If you can call it that, right, this segregation meant that social, different social classes had different social, uh, different shopping patterns, mm. right? So to me, it didn't really make sense as a teenager, purely because I was, I grew up in an ex-communist country, communist mm. country. So traditionally, we didn't really have the luxury to pick and choose. Mm. 
Mm, right? So mm. you, you, you had a few local shops that would sell the products that you wanted to buy. So you had to go there because there was nowhere else that you can actually buy them from. Mm. So you couldn't have, you didn't have too many choices, even though you could afford that. Right. So after my parents moved to the UK, they basically did the same thing. So they would go to different places and buy different things because they were doing this calcul- this kind of this difference between uh, quality and price. So mm. they would go to the poly shop to buy vegetables. They would go to Tesco to buy fruits. They would go to Halal even to buy meat because they mm. had very good quality products. Mm. Now, the fact that Lidl is doing very well, it's no surprise. And it's a very big shift in consumer trends uh, that is happening at the moment. People are no longer committed to buying from one store because Mm. households are being increasingly squeezed. It's normal to want to buy the same thing at a cheaper price so that you don't really compromise on your lifestyle. Mm. We also heard how Ocado was suffering since lockdown. Um, start, mm-hmm. Sorry, they've, they've, I think they started suffering in sales since lockdown started to ease. Mm. But I think it's also because of the fact that prices are, go- are continuing to go up and Ocado is quite an expensive supermarket. Mm. So people which much, much rather travel to Lidl and Ardi to shop because mm-hmm. it's going to be much less expensive for them. So um, I was just wondering... Well, the other, well, the other thing yeah. on that, though, is um, going there, that's the only way you can really get access to the middle aisle. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can see it online, but you can't actually... I mean, a lot, in a lot of cases, you, can't, you have to go in store. Yeah. So that's the, that's the other thing. I mean, that is, I think, I mean, that's their kind of unique selling points although i i know i know when i've talked about um little before on on this podcast on many occasions i've always espoused the the greatness of its um of its bakery you know the <laughs> fact that you can get like a, a decent croissant for 80p as opposed to like going to gales or something you know gales yeah. which is down the road and that's like three quid or something ridiculous for a uh for a a croissant so um, I mean, that's that's the thing. And I think you touched on that whole kind of class thing, because I, I think that was definitely true sort of 10 years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, you know, I do remember, as I, I said before, uh, you know, my mum's quite amusing in the sense that, well, I mean, she's quite amusing anyway, but she's quite funny in the sense that she says, oh, no, you can't go to you can't go to, um, um, you know, Sainsbury's with an Aldi bag, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's rude. It's rude. And I, no, I don't, no one really cares. They yeah. just go, it's a bag. Um, they're not going to, they're not going to sort of go, Hey, supervisor, get the supervisor over here. There's a bag from another shop. It's not going to happen. Um, but you know, it is interesting how over the years, I think people have, you know, shopping, um, Grocery shopping's changed. I think that, you know, it used to be that people did the weekly shop and that was really important and all the supermarkets were trying to get that. Mm -hmm. Over the last, you know, over the last few years, I think that people have been shopping multiple times uh, until the coronavirus. They were shopping multiple times. So they were going, you know, like a sort of a main-ish shop and then a few smaller ones but then again i think that coronavirus has changed that as well 
to the extent that I think I, I get the impression that we're sort of almost going back to the weekly shop. Um, yep. But having said that, um, you know, I think that a lot of people now don't have a problem with Aldi Lidl. Um, I mean, some people might see it as their, you know, dirty little secret or something. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think everyone everyone likes a bargain, right? I mean, I, I yeah. saw... Um, uh, again, I might have mentioned this on the podcast again recently. Um, I, I went to I went to Lidl recently, you know, keeping it real, <laughs> and uh, and I saw a Rolls Royce Cullinan parked outside. A Rolls Royce, a Rolls Royce Cullinan Black Edition, no desk, no no less. Um, so that's a special special wow. edition of a car that costs something like two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Well, look at parked, that parked outside <laughs> Lidl. Anyway. Um, so, I mean, I think that um, it does have universal appeal. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I suppose there might be some people, you know, a bit snobbish about it. But I think there's a lot less of that these days. And I think that, um, you know, people will go there. I think that the, I, what I really think will happen is they'll go to their favourite one plus Aldi or Lidl, maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. the reason why I think if you do a weekly shop, and I'm saying this from a, a, a position of, of extreme knowledge, right, <laughs> is that you know, you go to you go to you pick your supermarket, you go there because you know where the stuff is. Yeah. Right. So you know, and it takes a while before you get to know where uh the, the pickled onions are or the, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of really random things but you know also these like oh, yeah, cornichons where are the cornichons and don't you know, say well yes of course they're next to the pickled onions but you know <laughs> you just sort of go you know you're looking at where's where's all the different stuff and um and so I think people will have that because they want that for mm -hmm. time purposes um and then and then maybe you know just the oh I'll just pop into Aldi or Lidl or something or even people, what people might do, and I've done this in the past before, is to go to Aldi or Lidl first, yeah. see what you can get there, and then go to, you know, to to your expensive, um, you know, yeah. kind of place. I so, actually yeah. do that, and it's yeah. uh, it's because Aldi is uh, quite um, um, close to my house, and it's in a mm. shopping centre, and it's been re recently recently refurbished, and it it looks very very cool. Brilliant. And it has these um, walls and these refrigerators, new refrigerators um, that they so they basically re re um, re relocated everything. Yeah. In terms of vegetables and meats mm. and stuff, and they put them in in the fridge, mm -hmm. but they closed those fridges with with sliding doors yeah um uh, because of climate change and stuff so okay. to keep the products fresh but also not to kind of pay oh i see yes so much as yes. to pay on the aircon yeah, yeah. To keep that, uh, that area i it's see quite a clever thing and my mother doesn't really like it because she's quite fast and when she goes to aldi she's like get out of my way I <laughs> and i need to see the best and <laughs> Yeah, so she nice. doesn't like that because it's one step. Uh, uh, one extra step, yeah, no, interesting. But I like interesting. it, and I think it's it's a yeah. very nice touch, and um, I do see a lot of nice cars. Uh, yeah. To that park or yeah, the, on that Aldi, and I think it also depends on the area as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't you think though? There are times when I go to these places, and I'm thinking, what are you doing shopping <laughs> in here? You know, what are you? You you 
clearly can afford to go down the road. <laughs> so why don't you go down the road and leave leave the bargains for everyone else? Yeah. Um, so yeah. But anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, better get on yeah. to um, um, well, you know, the the daily topic, of course. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, so talking about the, um, I think the, the most interesting latest development, um, as far as I'm concerned, is Ch- China has indicated that it's ready to pay uh, play some kind of role in resolving this conflict because mm-hmm. it said. Uh, that apparently in a, in a statement that it is extremely concerned about the harm to civilians. Now, mm-hmm. until now, China has been supportive of Russia, but has not really referred to Ukraine or invasion or anything like that. Now, the reason why I think this is important uh, and could be could be very, very important is because I wonder whether... Um, China could be the key to peace. Mm. Um, not necessarily a phrase I thought I would be saying, um, you know, certainly at the beginning of this year, but I do think that it has been very, um, uh, you know, it's it's Russia's only big friend, really, at the moment. Not Like the one that I think that Russia pays the most attention to. Um, of course, you know, just before he had the talks just before um, the Winter Olympics and stuff, and they were talking about more cooperation and things. Mm-hmm. And I just think that if Russia, if sorry, if China um, was able, could, could do something, I think China could be the only country that could feasibly the only single country that could feasibly bring this thing to a non-violent close because um it is going to you know it said it's going to be supportive of russia um Mm. and presumably you know all these sanctions against russia means that so for instance the rush the oil that russia produces will go to china instead of us and Europe or something, um, you know, all those kinds of things. And so I think Rush, um, China has a bit of leverage over Russia. Uh, uh, China has a bit of leverage over Russia. Um, and obviously they ideologically similar as well. Um, mm. And so I think that that's what you could do. And, you know, I think that in this case, and actually really with most cases with negotiation, it's not really about who wins like i beat you therefore i win you're you're a loser it's not that i think you when you go into negotiations everyone has to win something you know so no one ever gets a hundred percent of what they actually want because that really is beating someone yeah um and so i mean i know this i've got no idea i'm just saying i mean maybe this is a possible solution is what about if China says, you know, China um, gets concessions from the US and Europe and the UK um, with regard to trade. So some taxes and things are, are lifted for saying thank you as a, you know, for being the mediator. Um, China says to Russia, you know, please stop bombing mm-hmm. innocent civilians and things and pull out of pull out of Ukraine. Ukraine gets to be member of the EU, but not of NATO. Mm-hmm. So that means 
they get a bit of what they so they get Russia out, but they get what they want in terms of being closer to Europe than than Russia. And in the meantime, you know, basically US, EU, etc., gives money to uh, Ukraine in terms of expertise, um, building up the army and all that, you know, all that, you know, building up their military capability so that they can better defend themselves. Um, I mean, that's not, an, it's no way an ideal situation, but it does avert World War Three. Uh, mm-hmm. And it does mean that each country can sort of have something to take away. You've got, you know, um, Putin will go back to his people and say, we didn't want NATO to expand and we've succeeded. Look mm-hmm. what, you know, look what's happened. Um, the Ukraine can say we've kicked Russia out. Um, and uh, the EU, US, whatever, can say, you know, look, we've managed to avert World War Three aren't we great? And then, you know, and then we leave it at that, basically. So I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't, no one knows because this is, this hasn't happened before. Um, So, yeah. But, you know, I I wonder whether that could be a solution. Um, Well, I think it's a very positive uh, step um, on behalf of China Mm -hmm. that they have, basically stated that they want to have um they want to get involved in in this Mm. and they want to act as the negotiator between russia and ukraine um which i i do think it's 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 uh it's a positive step we don't know what's going Mm. what this is going to mean and what this is going to to result in but um i do agree that china is kind of the only country who has leverage on on russia on the point uh, that you made about um ukraine negotiating and um basically uh, each country making concessions i think it depends a lot on what is, is russia trying to do wanting and mm. what's uh, something that russia will never will will never ever um um will never ever how should i say this um back out from mm-hmm. right and for and that applies to ukraine as well mm. um, ah if- but they see i think the good thing though is if china gets involved i think russia can spin it that it's doing it not to appease the west but it's doing it to uh, as a as a favor to china so it can it can frame it in a different way. So it, you know, like I say, rather than it being West versus, you know, the sort of, uh, I don't know, democracy versus communism, mm-hmm. you know, they can frame it in the like, you know, this is a win. Mm-hmm. And we're doing this, not only we've kicked, we've stopped them from, uh, you know, we've stopped NATO, but we're helping our friends in China, maybe. But I don't, like I say, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I don't think anybody knows what's actually. No going to happen and that's the difficult situation that all of us are in um i mean one thing that um that i i i found surprising um was the fact that china hasn't really said that um ukraine that russia invaded uh, mm. ukraine mm. or that it's a war sounds mm. like 
uh, sounds very similar to what is happening in, in Russia in relation to Putin's propaganda. Mm. I was actually watching the news and BBC last night was showing a, a, an elderly woman who only gets her news from the TV. Mm -hmm. And she said she doesn't believe that Kyiv and the second, the Ukraine's second biggest uh, city has been attacked. And that's mm. all lies that the West is trying to mm. feed to Russian people. Mm. So, uh, again, it's, it's, it's one of those things that China is trying to, to tread carefully because it's a massive conflict which has mm. the potential to, to destabilize the entire planet. And mm. it's, it's doing uh, positive kind of steps towards... Uh, getting to to speak to Russia, mm. right? Trying to get to a, some somehow a mm. consensus. Um, so far, there is no bilateral consensus. UK, Ukraine clearly wants a ceasefire, and mm. Russia apparently does not, as we've seen mm. with the the troops that are mm. advancing that are advancing mm. towards Ukraine. But hopefully, hope to God. I'm not mm. a very religious person, but. Mm. Let's hope for, for I don't know, some mm. kind of yeah. resolution. Agreed. And like, and I, I would say, yeah, I think that the possibility of a proper third party, i.e. China, mm. getting involved, I think will make things diplomatically easier mm. for either side. Because yeah. they can say that we're trying to do this and we're helping China or we're doing something with China. Mm -hmm. So it's not like... It's not. It's less like you're giving up what you stand for. You know, you're saying that you're doing it because of mm -hmm. everyone else. So, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so yes, I mean, uh, no doubt we'll be talking about this more. Uh, <laughs> it's only Wednesday. Um, so um, so anyway, yeah. But um, but thank you very much, uh, Milena, for your for your thoughts today. Um, thank you very much for listeners for continuing to listen to this podcast. Um, and um, we will be back again tomorrow. Yeah, see so, you tomorrow. Many thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.